You're listening to InfoTrack. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at InfoTrackRadio.com. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Want to live a longer life? A physician says the latest research indicates three basic health areas you need to focus on for the best results. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the details. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Greg Hammer, MD, is a pediatric anesthesiologist and an intensive care physician, a professor at the Stanford University School of Medicine, and the author of the book Gain Without Pain, The Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals. Dr. Hammer, before we get into some of your advice, let's look at the broader picture of longevity in America today. Well, I think actually the trends are okay. I think we took a dip in life expectancy related to COVID. But I do think in general, if you look at the longer term, we're sort of heading toward very gradually greater longevity. So that's at least my interpretation of the data is that there's a trend toward longer life expectancy with a dip related to COVID over the last few years. Your book title is Gain Without Pain, and I believe there's an acronym behind your use of the word gain, a four-step process toward happiness. So maybe you can briefly explain that. Sure. Well, the GAIN method involves uh, ideally getting up in the morning, opening the blinds, doing one's morning hygiene thing, and then finding a comfortable place to sit and closing our eyes and really focusing on our breath and, and deepening and slowing our breath. So inhaling slowly, perhaps to a count of three through the nose and pausing to a count of three and then exhaling slowly through the nose or mouth to a count of four. And we repeat this a few times. And then we go through a self-guided contemplative meditation, beginning with the G in gain, which is gratitude. So we spend 30 or 40 seconds contemplating that for which we're grateful. We all have a, a, you know, a fairly broad range of things for which we can be grateful. We then transition to the A in gain, which is acceptance. And again, we're sort of linking this to the slow, deep breath. And this is an acknowledgement that, you know, there's suffering and pain in life, as we all know from listening to the news every day. Uh, and our own lives, of course, have, have suffering as well. So we really don't want to resist all suffering. We want to learn how to take a painful experience and actually bring it into our heart. So as we're breathing deeply with our eyes closed, we imagine opening our chest, opening our heart, bringing something uncomfortable or painful into our heart and sitting with it and and learning just to relax into it, relax into our heart and accept. And then we transition to the I in gain, which is intention. And this is really an acknowledgement that our brains are wired to be rather negative and distracted by the past and the future in maladaptive ways. It's hard for us to be present. So we're negative and not present. And so as we breathe deeply, when we get to the eye for intention, we may just focus strictly on our present physical experience, the pressure of the chair against our body, the tingling at the soles of our feet, the sound of a car, an airplane going by. And we link this to the deep and slow breath. And then we transition to the end and gain, which is non-judgment because We are very much wired to judge things, and because of our negativity bias, often negatively, especially ourselves, we are certainly our own most harsh critic. So we have a a method for learning to drop the judgments, and we could go into that in more detail if you like, but 
Again, we link this to the slow, deep breath, and then we return our focus simply to the breath. Slow and deep, we're actually activating the vagus nerve, our parasympathetic nervous system. This slows our heart rate, our blood pressure gets lower, our blood sugar gets lower. And we go through a few cycles of, again, this focus on the deep breath, and then we open our eyes slowly, and we're ready to go out in the world. And, and we're programming ourselves, we're rewiring our brains to embrace these four elements of gain, gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. One of the things you write about is what you call the tripod of health. What are the three legs of that tripod, and why are they so important? They are sleep, exercise, and nutrition. There's a lot of science behind all three of these. Sleep is not just a passive process. It turns out that we really need seven and a half or eight hours of sleep a night for optimal functioning and programming our memories through a structure in our brain called the amygdala. We are getting rid of these tau and amyloid proteins that tend to accumulate in our brains and predispose us to dementia. So sleep is extremely important, and there's a whole list of things we can embrace in terms of sleep hygiene. Exercise, again, a growing body of science showing that various sorts of exercise have critically important benefits and are associated with longevity. And then the third element, which is nutrition, of course, is extremely important. So there's a growing body of data showing the benefits of various types of diets and not only what we eat, but when we eat. So I used to think that intermittent fasting was kind of a fad, but actually now I've learned quite a bit about the science behind that. And that can be just simply eating within about an eight hour period every day and therefore fasting for around 16 hours a day or 14, if that is the best you can do. But the sleep, exercise and nutrition, and I would say the nutrition also involves some supplements and even drugs when it comes to longevity. Yeah, let's talk about that. Dietary supplements are a sometimes controversial topic, and it seems like every expert has a different opinion. What do you recommend in terms of dietary supplements? Well, the first is we're prone to have low levels of certain vitamins in our bodies, especially, for example, at the latitude even where I live in Northern California, vitamin D deficiency. And I think this is exacerbated by the fact that we want to kind of stay out of the sun and use sunblock because of sun damage to our skin and even deeper tissues. So most of us, if we don't take vitamin D as a supplement, unless we live in a very sunny environment and we expose our skin to the sun for a period of time, 20 or 30 minutes at least a day, many of us are going to be somewhat deficient in vitamin D. And the side effects or the effects of that deficiency, I should say, are tough to pin down to one cause, but things like fatigue and brain fog and so on, which obviously have many other causes. But vitamin D is important, and so it's important to supplement it. Vitamin K2, also very important. A variety of minerals as well. And then, you know, there are a number of supplements that have been really shown initially in organisms like yeast, which we share actually 50% of our genes, that actually when these supplements are taken, they trigger healing processes within our cells that actually promote longevity. Obviously, we have to prioritize. We don't want to be taking 50 pills a day, but I think there are a handful of vitamin and mineral supplements that are really beneficial that promote longevity. 
You touched on mindfulness and meditation. That's gotten a lot of attention in recent years. What practical steps can you suggest in that area? Are there maybe apps that are helpful? And also, what are the benefits? Well, absolutely. You know, like since we were talking about longevity, if we look at centenarians around the world in these so-called blue zones, these are populations that have a disproportionate number of people that live to 100 and beyond, and not just surviving, but actually living in pretty good health. What they have in common is they tend to have a healthy diet, like the Mediterranean diet, which is just simply relatively devoid of refined sugars and a lot of even starchy, complex carbohydrates, and more focused on healthy fats and protein. So they have that in common in general, but they also are very tied into their community, their family structure. They tend to be honored and respected by their larger families since they've been around for a long time. They often have great-grandchildren, et cetera, extended families. And they also have a lifestyle that's compatible with being more present and positive. And so we who live in more hectic environs, let's say, and our life circumstances are perhaps not compatible with all of those things, can gain many of the benefits by having a mindfulness practice. And the GAIN method is one such way of doing that. It's a mindfulness meditation. And yes, there are apps. I'm not familiar with all of them. I embrace meditation at three minutes in the morning. And so what happens is that when we go through this contemplation every morning, we end up having light bulb moments when we are not living in accord with those principles. So for example, we do our gain meditation, we have a cup of coffee, we get in the car, let's say we're driving to work, somebody driving ahead of us changes into our lane without using their turn signal, we start to make all these judgments, we have a light bulb moment. We realize that we just did our gain meditation and that included dropping judgments and sort of seeing the world as it is. And here we are judging this other person about whom we know nothing. And so we have a little laugh to ourselves. We actually get a little hit of dopamine and we let go of that judgment, which is associated with a hit of adrenaline. So we really want to have the recognition in our daily life when we are not living in accord with these very important principles. And this mindfulness method, I think, is very effective. But of course, there are others. You know, many people think that meditation means you have to sit perfectly still for 30 minutes at a time and empty your brain of any thoughts. And none of us can do that. I certainly can't. So here's a three or four minute practice where you're actually focusing your thoughts initially on the breath and then these elements of gratitude, acceptance, intention, non-judgment, then returning to the breath. And the breath is always accessible. So we're walking down the hall, we're getting anxious, we feel our heart rate going up, we're maybe a little sweaty, we're going to meet with our boss. We have that light bulb moment where we recognize that we're getting more adrenaline in our body. And we go back to just focusing on a few deep, slow breaths. And it kind of brings back this experience of mindfulness. And so the breath is always accessible and linking it to these other elements of gain has a lot of benefits. Just briefly, we're out of time, but any final words of advice on maybe the most valuable first step to get all of this underway? Well, I think the first valuable step is recognizing that our brains are wired to have this negativity bias. Most of our thoughts are negative. So for anybody listening, I would say this is not your dirty little secret. We are all wired this way. You're not alone. 
We all tend to have a bit of shame and so on, low self-esteem, imposter syndrome related to this negativity, but we're all wired this way. This is not anybody's fault and you're not alone. This is not your dirty little secret. So let's just have a plan to kind of turn the ship around and begin to have a more positive and healthy outlook. Dr. Greg Hammer, the author of Gain Without Pain. Thank you so much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Hey, it's been a great pleasure uh, anytime. I'd love to join you again. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.